Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back, mom, dad, all the listeners. I appreciate you listening, tuning in. All the haters, you know what it is. Stay tuned. Ready, set, go. Hey, so we're going to pick up at the point of we just turned pro, just finished our first race. The head honchos are, are happy. They're giving you the thumbs up. They're tapping their shoulder and be like, good job, good job, right? That's 03. So then we go into 04. 04 is a big year. 04 is a, a huge year. Um, yep, yep. Olympics. And mom, you were saying before that turning pro, you didn't register about even thinking about going to the Olympics. So how do you feel about now going into this season of the Olympic year? Well, I was very excited. I was really happy. Um, it actually was our first trip ab abroad, your father and I. Um, Really? So, Hold on. That was our first trip abroad? Really? Yeah, that was our wow. first trip abroad. Um, we enjoyed. It was different. Um, oh, but if you want me to talk about crazy stuff. <laughs> now, the, 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 we rented an apartment. We know that the guy that got in contact with us to rent us the apartment or whatever the case may be, you know, oh, you'll have more room. You won't be in a hotel room, blah, 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 blah. That was true, but I never slept on a bed with coil springs and no mattress. It was horrible. We had the apartment, we had the room, but we the the bedding, the sleeping was horrible. It was like a hard mattress, or it, it was springs. Oh, like covered with a cloth. Yes, basically. yes, springs. Hmm. But it was it was horrible. But, I mean, we made the best of it. I mean, you know, you do what you got to do. Yeah. But, you know, we, we went out. We went to the parks and we got things to eat. And surprisingly to me, downtown Athens was like any other big city. You know, large buildings, uh, car dealerships and, you know, just like any other big metropolitan city. You know, but the... Housing, sleeping, and stuff like that. And I think that God told us a lie. He didn't know you. So, <laughs> so, uh, so that leads me. I want to ask another question. I want to jump off a little bit of, of, the, of what we're talking about chronologically. Um, tell me a little bit about more of your, your different experiences because you both have traveled around the world with me. A lot of people don't realize that, that every championship I've been to in my whole career you have been to each one of these championships from Athens to London to Rio to Moscow to China. So like, what are, what are your experience? Cause I'm always in the hotel. Or I'm always in the Olympic village. So I never experienced what you guys experienced. Well, what I found weird about my first trip to Greece is that the sewer system is really old. I mean, they got real small <laughs> pipes and things like that, you know? So and that when mean, you use you, the restroom and you use the tape, toilet paper and stuff, you got to wrap it and put it in a, in a, in a trash can and take it out every day. You can't, you flush, can't flush the, toilet, the toilet down. Oh, well, see, the, that's what they told us in Rio when we went to Olympic Village, but I didn't listen to anything saying, because I'm not going to be wiping my ass and putting the toilet paper in the little well, plastic bag. Well, we did that and in Greece. And you could that. not. And right, we were afraid the to was so small. back stuff up. Right, Yeah. And of course, she did. She backed up the service station toilet. <laughs> <laughs> we had Dropping a dime to, on you. We had we went to Nike's hospitality, and so we said we'd walk back. And we on our way back, walking back, she had to go to the restroom, 
and she was really in a tight and and it was a little distance to get to where we was renting the apartment at. So she said, I'm gonna stop to this restroom. I said, Don't forget you can't flush no toilet paper down the down the commode, you know. She go in there and she let out one and she uh, it was a gas station. It was a gas station. It was a gas station. <laughs> and what happened is that I, and I don't, I do not drink them till this day after that experience, but it was uh, a latte. Oh, okay. <laughs> and it okay. was too rich for my stomach. Okay. And my stomach could not hold this latte. And there was no way I was going to get back <laughs> to the apartment. Without going to the bathroom. Oh, and you overseas, so you yeah. get the milkiest of milk. Like, it's real milk. Right. It, yeah. yeah. It, 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 it just tore up my stomach. Never it was crazy. Nevertheless, she stopped at the people's restroom. She stopped at the pipes and made it overflow. So we had to run. <laughs> we had to run. You had to run up out the store. <laughs> I had to run away from the gas station. Because <laughs> she had backed the people's toilet up. <laughs> He'll never live that down. He'll never <laughs> let me live that one down. But that was, that, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it was crazy. It yeah, was really yeah. crazy. But like I said, I learned my lessons. I don't drink lattes and um, I ain't going no place else where I can't flush a toilet. Okay. <laughs> you <right>. know? <laughs> so now we got an overflowing toilet. Right. We're getting ready for the Olympics. We, we're, we're heading into the stadium, right? We go through, we go through the prelims, uh, the semis, and then we're in the, we're in the finals, right? Right. So you're in the stadium. Right. First time ever in a major stadium. Yeah. Right? Yes. First time around that many people watching track right. and field. Right. What what was the energy like while you were sitting watching? It was very electrifying. I mean, we were up almost up in the nosebleed section, and about under thousand people in that stadium that day. And I mean, they were just cheering and so loud that the the athletes couldn't hear the gun go off. They She's had, saying you wasn't sitting in the same place because she said she wasn't in the nosebleed section. No, I wasn't in the nosebleed. I think we were in the middle. Okay, we were in the middle. We weren't down at the track, and there were like a deck or so above us. We were in the middle. I think y'all had different tickets and then y'all traded them tickets, right? At some point. Was oh, that the... I, I, I know we've been to a whole right. bunch of championships right. before. I, I, I don't honestly, honestly remember, but I know that the section that we were in, uh, there were other people that we knew. Okay. You know, through track and field. Okay. So we were all kind of lumped together in... That in family one, section. Yes, exactly, gotcha. exactly. Okay. And um, it was just amazing, you know, to look around, to see the stadium full, to hear all of the people chanting and yelling and screaming, you know, for their favorite athlete and, and you guys coming out and, and getting on the line and, you know, and whatnot and people jumping up and staring and trying to see who, who, who's who and take pictures or whatever. And we were right there, typical tourists with them. Well, Taking you know pictures. how 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 uh, yeah. they, they they the announcer tell everybody uh, athletes in the block so you got to shh be quiet couldn't get the stadium to be quiet they had to start I mean you had the gun the starter had to start about two or three times you know people and, were just excited it was it was an exciting championship it was a very unique championship because you remember when we came out we came out almost like fifteen minutes early and then the stadium started playing their music right, right. and everybody started clapping. And it was the first time that I can recall the Olympics were held in the home of, of, the, old the, of the Olympics, the birthplace of it in Greece, Yeah, you know, in Athens. So it was a whole lot of excitement for a whole lot of different reasons, you know. And um, 
we were just joyful, happy, glad to be there. People were like in our group that we knew or, or we got to know were patting us on our back and congratulating us that you made the Olympics and, you know, and, and, and you, you made the team actually and got through to the finals and stuff like that. You know, um, I heard that some people say, oh, he, he, he ain't ready yet. He, he, he's not going, he's not going to do nothing. Give him another four years or so. And he might medal then. That's what you heard people around. Oh yeah. Saying people this. were saying that. Okay. People right. were saying he, he, not, he not ready yet. Y'all like him and he, he, he good, but he's not ready yet. He's not going to medal, you know? Okay. Maybe in four more years. Okay. So stadium starts to quiet down, right? Right. Everyone starts to get more serious and more focused. Did you, did you still think your own patent way of how you used to think like he ain't going to win this one? Yeah. Okay. All right. How <laughs> what did you think? I, I, I didn't think that. I didn't think that. I I I knew you know it, it was do or die for you that day. You know, uh, I remember the Olympics four years before that when you was a young kid sitting down on the floor watching Maurice Young run in the Olympics, and you wanted to do that, wanted to be in the Olympics, and uh, it came to true being. Uh, you were there running against Maurice Green, and I think everybody in the stadium thought Maurice Green was going to win that day. Uh, the guy from uh, Obaquelu, Ob- Francis Obaquelu, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, and we're going to come in second, and and, and Sean. Sean was going to get third. I but, think a lot of people were thinking, to be honest, that Asafa was going to be the upset. Asafa was going to beat. Uh, Maurice Green because Asafa was kicking Maurice Green's ass right. all over the, all over the world that year. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So I think a lot of people were waiting for that matchup to see what was going to happen. It was going to be Maurice win it again or it was going to be the newcomer Asafa going to take it from him. You know? So that's what that's what the whispers were amongst us in the village in and the things athletes. like that. Yeah, they they the athletes. They they with the athletes. They didn't count you in the mix no way, no way form of fashion. Oh, absolutely but, not. They didn't. I, you can but tell I, in the commentator and even the commentators after I crossed the finish line, the commentator was like, we thought he could do it, but we didn't think he really was going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, like I said, the whispers and yeah. the conversations yeah. around you were, he's okay. He's okay. But you know, these big, heavy, you know, running heavy hitters are here. He might be okay in four years, but yeah. he ain't winning nothing here today. So were you... Rocking back and forth, nervous, or was, I was it kind rocking of like a... back? I, I rock up this way. Okay, back and forth. <laughs> but after you won, I do remember standing up, putting my hands up in the air, and the whispers that I heard behind me. I turned around and stuck my tongue out. <laughs> you hit him with a nanny, nanny, boo boo. There you go. <laughs> there you go. What about you, Dad? What was what was you thinking at that moment? So we so the gun goes off. We run in the race. Coming down, it's almost neck and neck going down. And then as we come to the finish line, yeah, I was hundred of a second. I was hollering, dig, man, dig. But I was trying to operate the camera. We had bought a little camera. (laughs) You and this camera, boy. I was trying to operate my camera. People were laughing at us. And of course, the uh, the cameras was on us because they knew where we were sitting. You were in. They had a camera shooting on it. Every athlete that had a parent or somebody there to support them. Mm-hmm. And they was filming us while we was trying to film you. And I couldn't get the camera to work right. You, know? you were so excited. I think, uh, I think of all the races that you have recorded throughout my career, I may have a collective of 400 meters worth of race. <laughs> because every time you shot, you would watch it and you just would 
pan away and you just be watching the race. Go, uh, dig, yeah, dig. That's yeah, all you I didn't, I didn't try. To, I didn't try to take the pictures while you're yeah. running. There's no way I could focus. You want to live in the moment. A, a, exactly. I yeah. had to live in the moment. Yeah. I had to see it, you know. And and he's hollering, dig, and I'm, I, I'm okay. I, I rock when you get on the line. But once you take off, I'm up. Okay. You know, and I've got to see what's going on. But, um, yeah, they laughed at us big time about the camera. That was all over uh, every... I mean, people we knew were calling us in Athens, Greece, and asking us, what's wrong with y'all? Y'all don't know how to work a camera? It was on the 6 o'clock news back here, you know. <laughs> they uh, A clip of us, with me fumbling with the camera, trying to figure out how to work the camera. They, oh, that must be a new camera they got. He don't even know how to work the camera, you know. But I was elated. I was super elated. Uh, I got lost in the stadium trying to get underneath there. Uh, well, you guys, uh, I think you went down with them. I don't know how we separated, but George, Coach Williams showed me how to get down where you guys were. And, of course, Maurice Green came through, and uh, his entourage, they didn't want to stop and, and speak to us and stuff like, oh, you had beat him. You know, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He, you know he didn't want to acknowledge the fact that I said congratulations. You know, he didn't want to stop, want to hear that, you know. Yeah. yeah but uh, but the, the, what got me, the, the kids or young adults, that take your clothes, you know, and stuff, and they have the baskets and stuff. I don't think they could have been more happier for you if they knew you personally. Oh, yeah. They were all very excited. They all were cheering you. They wanted to take pictures. They were just happy that you won. And I think a lot of that came because you were closer to their age. Right. I think so, yeah. 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 You were closer to their age than not. Regardless whoever would have won, they would have been excited because they're right. kids, right? Yeah. Right. right. But I think that, like you said, I'm closer to their age, so they have a connection. Right. You know? Um, you were the, the second youngest athlete ever to win. I was the first at, at that point at, in time. At that point, right. I was the first at that point in time. Right, that and young. And then, then Usain. Exactly. Usain beat me by a year. Mm -hmm. so right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, that was a wild night. I, was, I probably was up to like doing the cameras, interviews, everything. We was up to like four o'clock in the morning. Four o'clock in the morning after that. They don't realize that. Yeah. So was it... Waking up the next day, was that surreal for y'all? It was surreal for me. Like, I just won the Olympics. Well, yeah. I remember us we, hugging still, you know, well, and, 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 and we couldn't, couldn't, we couldn't wait, believe it. We were grabbing each other to the stadium the next day for the 200. You know, and, uh, that's when you gave it to Sean, when you and Sean was telling each other, no, you go first, you go first, you know. Yeah. And they didn't like that. <laughs> yeah. that. They said that was American showboating. So they didn't, I, they didn't like that. But... And that was all natural. That was not even planned. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I, I, dealing with Sean, sometimes you be like, you don't know what you're going to get. You know what I mean? <laughs> and sometimes he plans things out and you just got to be like, all right, Sean, I'm, if you're going to do it, you do it, you know? But in that moment, we were running stride for stride and Sean looked over at me with the just the smoothest look. He looked at me and said, you ready to go to this finals? While we in mid-stride. <laughs> we had to be running like, we had to be running 24, 25 miles per hour, right? right? And he's, yeah. you ready to go to these finals? And I was just like <laughs> pumped. I was like, you damn right I'm ready to go. And as you watch that video, that's what I'm, you damn right I'm ready to go. But you know what? I don't, I, I, I ask you a true question. Because at the time, 
your circle, some of the people in your circle wanted to know, did you give Sean that win? Because somebody said that when they asked you about it, you said you wanted all of your teammates to go home with a medal. So for Sean, the only, the only conversation that me and Sean have after the 100 meters, after I won the 100 meters and we start going into the 200, mm-hmm. it wasn't that I gave it to him. It was a fact that I told him straight up. I was like, you want this gold? You got to take it. And that's what I told him just like that. He says, you're damn right I'm about to take it. And that was the end. We went out there, gun went off. Now, on the flip side, a lot of people don't know that I did give up the silver and I took the bronze. Right. On purpose. It was a strategy in my part because I felt like to win that silver, I felt would have caused more issue with dealing with Bernard, who was a very antagonizing individual. And I felt like the only way for me to subdue someone like that, who I'll have to see them day in, day out around the world, was to let him create his own demise by generating his own success and see how he was going to take that. And that's exactly what happened. That's what I felt. After winning that silver, it kind of was... Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. wasn't an upswing for him in his career right. from that point on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if I could go back and change that, I don't think I would have still changed it. Really? Nah. Because it was a strategy move. It was a move that I felt like to get this person out the way, go ahead, you can have that. It wasn't like I was giving the gold away. Go ahead, you can have that. I'm on to bigger and better things. And that's mm-hmm. what I felt mm-hmm. in that situation. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. So you, in other words, give him enough rope to hang himself. If you want to say that, go ahead. That's give what we're going with. enough rope to hang himself. Go, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, Athens was wonderful. A- Athens was exciting. Athens was a great, great experience for so many reasons. So, so for so many reasons. I mean, just the fact that we were excited about getting a passport. We had never been out of the country. We this didn't blows need my a passport. Mind. I'm thinking that y'all didn't travel around the world other than going to Vietnam and fighting <laughs> and fighting in the war. I'm thinking y'all traveled around the world and everything. We but went on trips, but we didn't need a passport. I get it. I mean, we all were on this. We literally were all on this journey together. My first time getting a passport was your first time getting right. passports right. and traveling abroad. So yeah, right. Yeah, right. But it was ex- it was exciting. It was wonderful. I enjoyed the interviews that you had with um, what uh, what's the guy on NBC? They do the Olympics every year. Lewis Johnson. No, not then. Uh, was- Katie Couric and whoever was with her at the oh, time. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I, got you. I I enjoyed all of those interviews. People were extremely kind to us. Probably because we were your parents and you yeah. had just won. You're the parents of the winner. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So people were very nice to us. They were very kind to us. You know, um, people made it possible for us to maneuver our way to the front 
to see what was going on. May it be an interview or whatever else that might be happening. You know, uh, those those Justin parents move over, move over. You know that kind of stuff. Yeah, star power now. There right. you go. Yeah, right. Yeah, star there you power go. Now. There right. you go. There you go. Exactly. We didn't sign no autographs, but we had star power. There you go. <laughs> so we go we go from 04, which was a magical year, and then we go into 2005. Right, the next year is a world championship year in Helsinki. Y'all remember going to Helsinki, Finland? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We That's where they had Helsinki. the reindeer tongue at over there. That's a delicacy, reindeer Did tongue. Did you eat reindeer tongue? No, I passed on that. I had reindeer burgers. <laughs> we had reindeer burgers, and we didn't know we had reindeer burgers because they were giving it to us in the hotel. <laughs> well, <laughs> the menu would say bolognese, spaghetti, or hamburgers. And you and, saw and the team, And the team was eating the hamburgers, but we'd be like, hamburger tastes a little funny. But we think like maybe it was just seasoned different. And then the chef one day, we were like, we were like five days deep into this. The chef one day was like, yeah, it's not cow, it's reindeer. And then like everybody stopped eating reindeer for a day. Now, mind you, <laughs> the menu was not extensive in the hotel we were staying at. So everybody was doubling up on bolognese. And the next thing you know, it was like, look, reindeer ain't killed me yet. So everybody started <laughs> going, going back going to eating back the reindeer. reindeer. Yeah, exactly. Well, our, our worst experience going to uh, um, Helsinki. Helsinki was the lightning storm? No, our luggage was lost. Right. We didn't have luggage. Our <laughs> luggage did not arrive with us. And then once we got there, something was crazy and messed up. We didn't have a room. So Nike, I guess the guys, they all had rooms and we don't know who it was, but somebody doubled up. And they gave us a room. And then our luggage came the next day. But, um, you know, the, the concierge, they give you, you know, toothbrushes and stuff like that. I have no underpants. So we... <laughs> you we are a rookie. I don't, you are a real I don't, rookie. I do not travel. That From that experience, I do not travel without a pair of clean underpants extra. Exactly. Okay. You're I know a vet that now. now. You're a vet now. I'm a vet. Right. I know that now. I learned that lesson. But we found the mall, which was not that far away. We walked over to the mall. And I think the cheapest pair of underpants we had. Now, we're talking back in 2005. Mm -hmm. $5. For one pair. For one pair of underwear. $5. I hope, but I hope you still have those. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I had no choice. Yeah. I had to buy the underwear. Yeah. You know, but... Those were funny experiences and things that, you know, we didn't anticipate, like our luggage being lost and whatever happened to our reservation, the room was lost. Well, I had a very, very good experience uh, to live down to remember that by because I had never, I've heard about the uh, Aurora Lights and all that and the land of the midnight sun and Lapland. I, um, we went out, I guess maybe at, Eight, nine, ten o'clock, and the sun was still high up in the sky. Like it's so, three o'clock in the afternoon. Right. Yeah, it was crazy, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. the land yeah. of the midnight sun. I had never experienced that before, and I just loved that. You know, people out in the street at 12 o'clock at night, and the sun is still up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, it didn't really get dark till like 11, 12 o'clock at night. And then the night was so short that the sun was back up again. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that was different, quite different. But walking to the stadium, it was great because where the hotel was, we could walk through the park and be at the stadium. 
you know, it was a short walk. So that was good. Um, I remember the track meet and how they postponed it a couple of times because of the weather and the, the lightning yeah. and the rain and stuff like that. But um, I've never was, experienced that in any other, any other meet championship before where it rained so hard when you watch it on television, you couldn't see none of the lines on the track. Right. right. That's how hard it was raining. Yeah. Well, that was crazy. They squeezed the track about three or four times, but the, the meet went on. I mean, you guys showed up and showed out. I mean, that rain was my saving grace because you just after blew winning, everybody away. You know? yeah, right. after, after winning, winning the hundred, it gave you time to recoup. It for, gave me a day to recoup for the start to two hundred. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that was double gold, and they were selling. I mean, they made them so quick, like overnight. They had postcards that had your hundred and two hundred on them. And I don't remember who the female athlete was, but I know she was blonde. I don't. Um, she was the the I want to say, she was from Finland. Finland, okay. She was from Finland. She okay. was a decathlete. Okay, she and well, you were decathletes. You and you, the two of you were on these postcards, and um, we bought stacks and stacks and stacks of postcards. You know, to 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 either mail or bring back home and give out or whatever. Matter of fact, we mailed two of them to ourselves, So it had the postage stamp on them and everything. But I mean, people were buying them like hotcakes. You know, if you didn't get a handful of them at the time, you wasn't going back and finding none. Yeah. Well, lo and behold, I mean, we bought, like you said, a lot of them to bring back and give out to friends, and, you know, souvenirs, but somebody broke down luggage and stole all of them. By the time we got back to the state, <laughs> we didn't have any souvenir the tra cars. The travel, we got back. You flew to New York, huh, didn't you? Yes, we flew you to know, New York. You know, you fly to New York, boy, they're going to steal everything from your uh, suitcase well, of value. I think what happened is that New York had a storm. Right. And a, a hurricane or a storm, some Hurricane. kind of storm. We could not fly out of New York. No we way. had to sleep in the airport on the floor. He slept on the floor. I was afraid for mice. But he slept <laughs> on the floor. I slept in the chair. Yeah. But when we got our luggage, our luggage was broken into. All and the, the souvenirs all, were gone. Yeah. All, all of the postcards and everything like that, that's what they stole. They didn't steal none of our clothes or belongings or anything. They stole the souvenirs and all of the postcards. So thank God we were able to mail Hours back, and at least we had ours. Right. Mm. But so, it was crazy. We turn up. We, 04, we win Olympic gold. We back it, make, we back it up, make sure it's not a fluke, right? right. Not a one-hit wonder. We get double gold in 2005. Were those the times when you were, like, doing the, like, the different tours, and then on the tours you were, like, meeting gr other groups of people? Was it then? No. Later on? It was later on. It was later on. Um, but, but I have to say, Nike gave you champagne bottles of Don Perignon. Don Perignon for each of your gold medals. I think it's still over there, right? No, I gave them to you. Oh, I have them. Yeah. That's right. Okay. I gave them to you. I bought them to your house recently Yeah. in 2022. All of those years of those bottles of Don Perignon, when you got gold, they gave them to you. That was the first time I ever tasted it. You know, I'm not a drinker. But I like me some Don. Okay. Well, I didn't know that. Okay. All right. It, very good. Okay. okay. 
And because you're definitely had, not a drinker. No, definitely not a drinker. <laughs> we had you remember Nike had the big dinner celebration, and we were all at the dinner celebration, and everybody was toasting you, and everybody was just excited and happy, you know. And you know they kept on saying, "Oh, we got a long uh, a run ahead of us," and they were all excited, and everybody just seemed to be in your corner. And one person in particular, I believe he was in your corner and I think he would have been in your corner win or lose. And that was Tim Phelan. Yeah. Tim Phelan was your guy. Yeah. Because Tim Phelan was Nike's rep that was supposed to be doing something else. And he decided that uh, uh-uh, everything to do with Justin Gatlin got to come through Tim Phelan. I'm the man. You know, the crazy thing is because Tim... Tim's nickname, Tim's nickname Nike was the executioner. Yeah. He was known to be mean, very shrewd, and he would cut people's contracts like, like that. Oh, you ain't producing? Pop, pop, pop. But for some reason, me and him always had a connection. And we got a lot of, we have a lot of good memories of having success together, going to the Super Bowl, Sports Illustrated party, right. all kinds of like that, just having a great time together, you know? Yeah, when so, they asked what? you to host the, the Super Bowl, yeah. to be one of the... You, your dad, your cousin, your uncle, all of y'all guys went down there yeah. to the Super Bowl. Where was it at that year? Jacksonville. Jacksonville, Jacksonville okay. yeah. And y'all just, I mean, the pictures that came back, we didn't want your auntie to see them. But <laughs> <laughs> well, what I, I think really what happened is that, um, you know, in those years, 2004 and 2005, uh, you had built up a, a big fan base and had a, a worldwide reputation. But your mom also had a reputation, you know, <laughs> and people really didn't want to deal with your mom, you know, because she, 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 she like, hey, she was a force to be dealing with and reckoning with, you know. She was, she was, you was, you was a tough cookie. Yeah, she was a tough cookie. You know, messing with Miss Gatlin, you know, you know. Yeah. You still are a tough cookie. Well, my feeling is, is that you're I was there to child. protect you. I get it. You're my child. Yeah, I'm there to protect you, and. As long as I have breath, I was not and still not going to allow anybody, anybody to take advantage of you. Didn't matter who it was. So if Tim was the enforcer on one end, I guess I was the enforcer on the other end because it wasn't going to happen on my watch. I got you. I mean, she went up against, not cutting you, I'm sorry. She went up against Nike Global, uh, not Craig Masback, uh, John Caffriotti, she had a few fine words for him. But that's down the line. <laughs> down the oh, line. He ain't got there, Frankie. That's down the I'm line. I'm just telling she how she had built that reputation up. You know? <laughs> so, so now we have the indoor 2003 indoor world champion, 2004 Olympic champion, 2005 double gold world champion. I did all this in the first three years of turning pro. Right. 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 So then it was. Only one thing left. As we left 2004, we went into 2006, which is, a lot of people understand, it's a down year. Right. So it's a non-championship year. Correct. So there's no Olympics, no world championships. Correct. So I took it upon myself to now lock in and focus on completing what my task was, which is going for that world record. Mm-hmm. And we, did, we got the world record in Doha, Qatar. Yep. In May. Yeah. And um, you wasn't there because 
use a year at championships. Right. So this was a one-off race. Right. Right. So when you heard the news and how did you hear the news, what was your thoughts on Justin just Justin just broke the world record? Obviously, with every accolade we led up to that, what was your thought though still on it? It was supposed to be. All right. So now you on now. Now you're like, I ain't he yeah, losing. He ain't losing be. now. Yeah, I'm, I'm not so much of not saying, oh, he ain't going to win. I mean, there was too much success before that, prior to that, for me to feel like, okay, he's, he's young. He's, he's, an, he's maybe a professional, but still an amateur. And he's learning. Well, by that time, you had learned the ropes. You had conquered track and field. So therefore, I expected you to do exactly what you did. I was, I'll put it this way. Maybe I didn't expect it, but I wasn't surprised by it. I got you. Yeah. Pops. Yeah, learn she came in out the rain. But hey, I, I knew it was in there. I knew it was there, you know. Uh, I at, prayed for it to at, be there. Yeah, well, and... and I didn't expect it to be at Doha, but when it came, I accepted it and I was elated very much so, you know. But I was kind of peeved because they rolled the time back, you know. You I, know did, I mean, I felt like at that point in time, yeah, I was in, in the history of track and field. I never heard anybody co-owning right. a world record, right. Right? right? Well, at least not in sprints, right? right? So now me and Asafa co-own the world record right at that point in time um but i always look at the silver lining and i felt like that was an awesome opportunity for us to have like head-to-head competition you know like take it somewhere else take it to the streets let's go run somewhere in vegas let's go run somewhere on south beach let's go Mm -hmm. make it more um noticeable you know, to the mm-hmm. world to realize that this is a unique situation. Mm-hmm. So I was excited about that. 976 to 977 and then 977, 977. Yeah. That's what they did. Yeah. 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 And they never said win it. They never said anything. They just round it. They just round it. Yeah. Exactly. You usually round down, you usually don't round up. Right. But yeah. Which made <laughs> me angry and upset me yeah. very much so. Yeah. So, um... We accomplished all those things from th- 03 to 06. And then we get a glimpse of almost deja vu. Yeah. Now we're back into a situation where a test positive, we get information again. Um, so we're back fighting, fighting for our lives. Well, whenever... We got the news. You call us and you was by yourself. You was out sitting in your vehicle and you was sobbing and crying. And I wasn't there to help you, to comfort you, you know, to give you the aid of your father. You know, it upset me, you know. Um, I mean, it, it was dark clouds hanging over us, you know. I, I don't know how your mom felt. You I know. felt bullshit. I felt bullshit. This is bullshit in plain English. You do not win Olympic gold, double gold the next year. And then in 2006, there is nothing, nothing, no world championships, no Olympics, no anything at a meet 
that you were not even getting paid for because what little bit of money they were giving, you were donating it back to the school. And you're going to test positive? What would be the purpose? What would be the purpose? Right. You had everything. You had everything. You are going to cheat and drug for this nothing little meat. I don't even remember where the hell it was. Kansas. Where was it? Kansas. Kansas yeah. City. Kansas. Kansas. Maurice Green School, if I'm not mistaken. Some, no, I don't he think had he, some he kind didn't of, win there. He, he, he didn't, he's, right. he's from Kansas. He, okay, but he he's from Kansas. Yeah. Right. Some kind of connection there. But the thing is, is that you had absolutely nothing to gain. You had everything to lose and nothing to gain. So once again, when I heard it, I said, this is bullshit. This is bullshit. It makes absolutely no sense. Well, you know, when you first started running, you went, um, we were warned by Jay Cormier that track and field is a nasty, dirty sport. And we feel, we found out the politics, the dirty politics when you ran in Kansas, how this came about, you know, and it came back full circle. And, and we know, you know, somebody was doing something to you because other people in the sports didn't like these East Coast and the West Coast, you know, and, and, and you well, were the pawn, you know. I was told by your agent that the word was out there that nobody in track and field was making any money except Justin Gatlin and Ronaldo Nehemiah. That was first they were saying, mm -hmm. okay? Then this whole thing came up with this East Coast, West Coast rivalry, okay? So that threw more fuel on the fire. So like Tupac and Biggie. There you go. All right. There you go. Then... You know, there were so many rumors around everything, around the whole testing thing, that you really, truly didn't know what to believe. The, 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 you know, um, they said that in, in, in the conversation, um, West, Chris Westine was off somewhere and they couldn't find him and he was hooked up with one of the... John West Coast Smith. agents, I John didn't call Smith. his name purposely, one of the West Coast agents. So I don't want nobody to sue me. I ain't got nothing. <laughs> one of the West Coast <laughs> agents, and, and he was already pissed with us. Yeah. So that made me stop and think, is that possible? Because I knew he was pissed with us. You know, he was pissed because um, that Christmas, this happened, what, April? Mm -hmm. That Christmas in December, he calls me, you name Africa the year you won all of this other stuff and everything. He wants a bonus from Justin Gatlin's money. I get on the phone and I call John Capiotti at Nike and I say, Chris Wettstein asked me for a bonus. Chris Wettstein don't work for us. We never paid Chris Wettstein. Chris Wettstein worked for Nike. He was Nike's guy that Nike sent to work on the athletes. True. Okay? So with that being said, 
I'm calling. Why is he asking me for a bonus? And if he is, do I give it to him? Well, Cap hit the roof. Cap hit the roof. Cap, don't give him nothing. Don't, 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 don't. He don't have no business asking you for anything or whatever. Okay. December, January. The very first track meet that you go to that season is Kansas. Chris Wettstein is there. We knew he was pissed with us, and the rumors about him and John Smith with the East Coast, West Coast thing all came about. So there was rumors flying about all of this going around. I don't know, of course, if any of it is true one way or the other. But I do believe in my heart that this positive test was bullshit. And the reason why I say that is because with everything that we did to find out about this test and how you tested positive and whatever the case may be, well, okay, let an independent lab test it. Give us an opportunity to have this test done. I was told by USADA, our specimen, our property, you're not getting anything. If you are so sure that this is a positive test and your lab is so legit, release it and let somebody else test it too. What's the purpose? Yeah. I, I think what really got me on the 2020 hindsight part is that, because um, if you go back and look at the, the first situation when I was in college, which they took a year away instead of turning into a warning, right? right. So that, counted against me. Now I'm facing two strikes. And in track and field, two strikes is a lifetime ban. But right. things shouldn't have been two strikes for the simple it reason. It shouldn't have been the two strikes. The first time should have been off the books. I, that's what I'm saying, a warning. That's what I'm saying. Right. But the point I'm trying to make is that now we're looking at a lifetime ban. So the 2020 hindsight was when they first came to us and said, if you don't contest the science, we'll take away a lifetime ban. Right. Off the table. Off the table. So... I think I was just so blinded of thinking that I'm a good guy trapped in a, in, a, in, a, in a bad situation, not thinking that the situation could be tainted or corrupted, that I, we went along with it. We were like, okay, cool. We're not going to contest the science. We're going to follow the rules and steps and procedures like we always have. We're the good guys, right? Right. And as, when we went down this rabbit hole and then... We went through, what, three lawyers? Three to four lawyers? Yes. Right. Um, come to find out, basically the lawyers were always in bed with, you know, the, the governing bodies. The powers bodies, to be. The right. powers to be. The powers to right? be. Every last one of them except one. Yeah. So, I felt that going through this whole ordeal, and a lot of people don't realize that it wasn't an open and shut case. We fought that case for three years. Yes, we did. Three years yes, of the did. four years that we were, I was banned. The stress that came with it. The half a million dollars that was spent on all these different lawyers. Exactly. And I just looked at the situation and was like, there's no way back from this. But the only thing you could do is keep going forward. We're going to fight for it. We're going to shell out this kind of money. Hella high water. At some point in time, fight I'm getting, to the bitter end. I'm fight to the bitter end. I'm getting back on this damn track. And that's what you said to me. Leave it alone, Mark. Don't worry about it. 
Because if I get back out there, or when I get back out there, I'm going to be able to show them better than I can tell them. And that's what gave me relief because of the fact that you were determined, because of the fact that you were sure of yourself that you were going to get back out there and show them. Well, me, I wanted a quick answer. I wanted a quick fix. I remember Trevor telling me, you let me have your son. I'm going to treat him like he's my son. I'm not going to let anything happen to him. But once you test positive, and I knew it hurts you to your core, it hurt me to my core. So I wanted, I wanted to have my revenge. I wanted to kill Trevor Graham. I was going to North Carolina to shoot him, you know, because he let it happen to you, you know? And yeah. that's how I felt. I, I remember that day you was really mad. He was in the closet looking for it, looking for his I'm out of here. I'm about to get in the car and drive 12 hours. But obviously I'm glad that you didn't do this and didn't do that and we're sitting here today. Um, but it was a dark time for us, a very, very dark. dark time. I remember you telling me times where you were all prayed out. You were losing hair. I know dad was depressed. Um, it was, there was topics, this topic and multiple topics that led to that, that we couldn't talk about without shedding tears. True. You know, um, I, I don't think, a lot of people say, man, I don't think anybody I know could have went through that. I was like, I don't think any family I know could have went through what we went through, you know? Um, I appreciate y'all. I appreciate y'all so much by sticking by my side, by loving me through it. Um, not we even... gave you life, Justin. We realized that you, you're thankful, but we would have been less, less than your parents not to support you, to stick with you, and fight all of the way. We know our child. We know that there was no gain. So therefore, we have, it's not even a choice. Can't say that we had no choice. It was what it was. Well, I, I, I recall having to move you from North Carolina back to Florida, to Pensacola, <laughs> you know, and put your, you know, your household goods in storage. And you came to live with us. And then all of a sudden you said, well, I can't stay in my parents' house. So I got to live on I'm a grown man. I need my own privacy. So, uh, we had to go and lease a, a house for you to live in. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're going to move to Atlanta and you open up your own little training business and all that, you know, and had to move you again. Uh, but you moved a lot. And I, and I thank God that you moved your last time. I hope you moved your last time. <laughs> maybe That's one not more. his last maybe, move. Maybe one more. Maybe one more. Maybe, okay. But. We survived. Yeah, we survived. Not only did we survive, we thrived. We did. We moved on. Yeah. Through those four years, we came back. Right. And I want to say this, through those four years, and I'm going to let you have it. There's not another athlete on this earth that was suspended two years and came back and did what you have done after being suspended for. Oh, yeah. They don't get back. They don't get back. Yeah. So now we're at the end of 2010, going into 2011. Start, finish training. 
And then we started taking trips to, <laughs> we started taking trips to cities in different countries overseas that we can't even pronounce correctly, you know? Um, yeah, gained all that weight. Estonia. Estonia. We went to Estonia. We went to Estonia, you I, and I. I was like 200, 210 pounds. <laughs> I was overweight. And this is the first time you ever was... really went to a meet with me that was not a championship. Right. You went literally with me. I went with you. I came to Atlanta. You were living in Atlanta. I came to Atlanta, and you and I traveled from Atlanta to Estonia together. My reasons for going to that meet, once again, was you. I did not have any idea how the crowd would perceive you or receive you. I didn't know if they were going to boo, if they were going to cheer, if they were going to do whatever. So either I was going to be there to console you or be there to tell them to shut the hell up. <laughs> it was going to be one or the you, other. You would have did a lot of the second one. You would have been like, shut your asses up. <laughs> but... They received what, it with open It was arms. so weird for me that you were at a meet because now I was so worried about you. Like, you would go on little walks and everything in this Scandinavian country. Like, we didn't know nothing was going on. You, was, you literally was like the only black lady in this whole city. You're right. And you was out there just walking <laughs> around doing your thing. Um, I remember she, you calling me saying, go back to the hotel. Yeah, I'll tell you, go back to the hotel. I didn't know where you was. I was trying to train, get ready, and you was just out there just doing your own thing, living your own life. Uh, you would go out and order food and mess up orders. You would order. <laughs> she, we went to this pizza place, and she ordered breakfast, right? Mom loves breakfast. And she ordered a breakfast pizza. And when it came, it was literally like eggs and bacon on top of this pizza. But it was uncooked. It was uncooked. It they was raw. Yeah. yeah. So. I wasn't eating that. So that was, first, that was the first and last time you ever went on a, a trip with me. Just me and you. Just me and you. Yeah. I think you saw how challenging being out on one of those, one of those races, one-off races can be. Yeah. And but that was the first place in Estonia. We went to two different places in Estonia. Raktava? What was, yeah. it, what was it, Rockdava? Yeah. Um, Rockdava. That was the place with the uncooked pizza. Rockdava. That yeah. was the first okay. place. Okay. And that was the hotel we stayed in. And then after that race, it was smaller. Talon. It, right. it went to Talon. And right. Talon, Talon was a larger race. Yeah. And some Americans were at that race. Yeah. And, and the food and everything else, the hotel was, was different. Yeah. It was more like what we were used to in, in Talon. Yeah. But I, I was just grateful um, that the people uh, in Estonia uh, had enough faith that knew you still had something left in the tank, you know, and they invited you to their meet, and you went over there and you performed, and and uh, the door opened back up for you to get back out on the circuit, you know. He I was mean, big, and they ran out. They ro they rolled out the red carpet. You remember that? Yeah, I remember. We, they rolled out the red carpet, and and he came out there and stuff like that, and. And even though he was big, hey, they showed us love. <laughs> now the pay, it wasn't enough to cover no uh, neither one of our plane tickets to get back home. But they 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 showed us a nice hospitality though. Right. They gave us nice hospitality, but they gave us whatever their money is cash. Yeah, and and they gave us this cash money. And one of the places that I had walked to was down to the mall. I went shopping. <laughs> <laughs> 
with their money. What was it going to bring it back here for? So <laughs> yeah. I went to I went shopping and yeah. I spent the money. Yeah. But everybody, as you say, Scandinavian country, everybody was extremely nice. It's the only place in the world where you could go and people have blonde roots and dark hair. Yeah. Where you people, the, everybody was the same. They were all very pale. They all had blonde hair and what. And I guess to change up, some of them were dyeing their hair dark. So they had blonde roots as opposed to dark roots. It was a reverse. It was reversed. It was yeah. very strange to me. Yeah. Very strange. All right. So we we go through 2011. I make the I make the team in Daegu. Did y'all go to? Did we I go? went to Daegu. You went to yeah, Daegu. Your mom. Went to okay. Yeah, she, she went to Daegu with you. South Korea. We did. We did good. You know, I had the the frostbite and on my your, ankles and everything. Your so feet were bleeding. We couldn't. Your feet were bleeding and pussing, so I couldn't get through to make it to the finals. Oh, right. right. So, but then we go into 2012, which I feel like that was my true comeback. Mm-hmm. We changed coaching situations. We end up with Dennis, and now we're in Orlando. We're training hard. We got some good coaching. We got some good athletes to train with. And we make the Olympic team. So how y'all, how y'all feel about getting back on the horse? We back now. What was London like then? The first trip to London? First trip to London. The first trip to London, um, it was good. It was good. Um, people were kind. People were nice. People were excited. You actually had people from here, home, your lawyer who actually... Won your case, Joe Zarzer. Joe Zarzer, yeah, who actually won your case and didn't take any money until after he won your case and you got paid, where all the other ones got paid for doing nothing. And um, a girlfriend of mine came to London. We all went. We had a great time. It was great. We were happy for you. Uh, you were successful. Even your friend. Duke. Duke went to London. Yep, yep. So you had your group of people that supported you and went to London, and we were excited to be there. Yeah, we had a good time. We had a really good time. Yeah. Um, we get on the podium. We get third behind the dynamic duo of Usain Bolt and uh, Johan Blake at that mm-hmm. point in time. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, they congratulated me. They gave me a warm welcome back onto the podium. Okay. We go into 13, Moscow. Moscow. You, you always felt some type of way about Moscow because they always told us that Moscow was very racist. Yeah. But for whatever reason, they love chocolate women. And you would say that you'd be in the subway and they'd be looking at you up and down. <laughs> Like the guys would be checking yeah. me out. I didn't yeah. have gray hair then. Well, uh, <laughs> we, 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 we knew uh, about Moscow because you went to Moscow, uh, I guess, in, was it 2013? Uh, no, no, before that, your before first that. trip to your Moscow. First, uh, thir- 2000, it was the end of the track season. It had season. to be after the that Olympics. Was 03. It was, a, it, was a, right. it was the end of no. the track season when uh, your coach told you, said, let's go, let's, let's one more last race. And that's when you won the... Half it was million. supposed to be a, mil- a half a million dollar prize. That was like in 03, though. Was it? Before, yeah, that was before, uh, before that, yeah. That's when you went over and then you were sitting outside the No, it was a million hotel. dollar prize. That's yeah. when yeah. you said the dog you, was sitting out there, too? And looked up at you and 
It hadn't ever seen a black man before. Oh, dog. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you remember that? Oh, yeah, I remember that. Now, that was the scariest yeah. I've ever been. I, I, I remember getting in a taxi and, and, um, with another runner, and we, we would hide in the taxi like this. We, we didn't want nobody to see us. And then we, got, we pulled up to McDonald's because the food was just horrible at the hotel. We, I remember roaches crawling on the table. That's how Ooh. bad it was. I was like, no, I'm not mm. eating this. So we jump, we jump out the taxi, run inside McDonald's. We ordering, oh, get this, get this, get this. All right, cool. We looking around. All right, we jump back in the taxi. We ride off. I mean, it was just so weird looking at a country that you didn't see anybody anybody that, that like resembled you. you. Yeah, you know. But I mean? See, by the time we went, right, we did see um, black people. There were there were in the hotel where we stayed at, like down the street. There were a group of Africans that ran a business, a store, or whatever the case may be. Some kind of, um, I think it was like a snack shop or mm-hmm. something. They sold a little bit of yeah. everything. Yeah. Well, that was the year. That was uh, uh, World Championship year. When we were, right in twelve. Uh, you're saying Boat's parents were there. They stayed in the same hotel. We all stayed in the same hotel. Oh, uh, yeah. We yeah. got introduced to them because the PR people was trying to put us together and stuff. So we mm. took tours on the bus and we went with But see, I met his his parents, Boat's parents, prior to that. I met them when we went to, um, was it Doha? No, no. Um, what so it- many championships. Oh. It was when you first came back. London then. Had to be no, London. no, no. Before London. Daegu then. It had to be Daegu. It was Daegu. Daegu. Yeah, it, was, it was Daegu. It was, Daegu. Yeah. It was a world championship. Daegu. Yeah. That's when I first met Bolt's parents because they were staying in one building, the village, and y'all Americans was in another one. And somebody knew both mothers and they were pushing us together to take pictures Mm. You know, Justin's mother and Bolt's mother, they were pushing us together to take pictures. And they took pictures in front of the building and in the lobby or whatever the case may be. But that's when I first met his parents. So so let's talk about that. Out of all the competitors I've competed against, especially the ones that you did th- you didn't think that I was going to beat, Leonard Scott, John Crawford, and walks Usain Bolt. What was that? What was that like? Well, I, I knew you had ran against Usain uh, in 2004 in the Olympics. Uh, he he. Uh, in five. And was in five world championships. Yeah, two hundred. Right, yeah, yeah, he 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 pulled up, and I mean, because he was running last, and everybody else was just dusting him. Uh, but when we got to uh, to Russia. Uh, and we stayed in the same hotel, and we ate breakfast together and stuff like that, and we got to know them pretty well, you know, and uh, I didn't have any, any animosity towards them because their son was supposed to be the fastest joker in the world, but I, I said myself, my son measured up there too, so hey, you know, we can sit and we can talk and we can joke, you know. We were on some tours together, uh, the five sisters uh, and all around. We were, Yeah, uh, we went on a couple of tours with, with, with him and the group, that we all came to. So a lot of people don't realize that when you went to a lot of these championships, especially now later on in my career, you were going on these tours and it'll be other Jamaicans and, and, oh, and yeah. people that you would be going well, on tours the with. Jamaican guys that I met in Daegu, oh, they took care of me. <laughs> <laughs> they, it was five of them. They took care of me. You know, they were my red carpets. 
they made sure that I was fine and they would make sure that people would move out of my way and do whatever and whatever. We actually kept in touch a couple of years after that and ran into a couple of them in London. In London. Right. You know, so th- they were good. They were really good. They they respect you. Right. They they spoke because what oh, happened yeah, is that we all got on the tour bus and they were all sitting together talking. So I knew they were the Jamaicans. And I said to them, I'm Justin Gatlin's mother. Now I won't hear no shit. <laughs> and Disclaimer off top. Right. Right. From then on, we were cool. The only person they talked about was Asafa Powell. Okay. They, I mean, they, they, they talk bad about him. They own countrymen. But other than that, yeah. oh, the Jamaicans and us, we were cool. You remember the cruise we went on? I do. And somebody spotted you at the back of the line, and they called us all up to jump the line, and they were Jamaicans mm-hmm. that were working the ship. Yeah. So they they Jamaicans love you. You know what? Jamaicans are some of the best fans in the world. Right. In the world. Um, because it's so diehard. It's mm-hmm. like part of their DNA. Like they expect greatness from you. And if you ain't giving, if you're not giving what they know you can give, then even if you're their countrymen, they're gonna talk bad about you. Well, they did that. Yeah. They so, did that. Yeah. But I think for the most part, they respect the rivalry. And I think that they feel like we feel. Um, You push Bolt. You push Bolt to be the greatest. Not to say that he would not have won without you being there. Because I do believe he would have. My feeling about, hey, who can really out-sprint someone that is six feet five with that kind of stride and at the same time in good shape and ready to run. That's that's damn yeah. near an impossible win. Yeah. But at the same time, I think that you were good for him as he was good for you. And I think the Jamaicans recognize that more so than the Americans. It was a, it was, a, it was definitely a, a legendary rivalry, you know? Most for definitely. The ages. So now we go into 2015. Mm. I would say, other than accolades, probably fit, fitness-wise, the best season of my career. Right. Right. Um, I was running nine sevens like it's nobody's business. Mm-hmm. We go all the way. We, we're undefeated going all the way through the season. And then we get to Beijing World Championships. How y'all feel getting there? What was it like for you to feel, okay, my son is undefeated. We're going into the season. Did it feel just like any other season and we just getting ready for a finals? For me, I think it did. I think it did. I really think it felt like any other season because in my head, I didn't want to make too much of it. Okay. Well, I did because I was watching, hanging on every, every meet. Every meet, and you was winning. I mean, every meet you ran, if you ran 15 races, you won all 15 of them, you know. And going into Beijing that year, I, I just knew you, you was ready. You had. You know? Oh, I knew you were ready. So, but with that being said, gun goes off, finals, running, stride for stride, what you saying? You saying edges me at the line. 
I come over to you guys after the race, like I always do. I look for you and embrace you. I'm in tears. You're in tears. What do you say to me? It's okay, baby. It wasn't yours. It's okay. It wasn't yours. It wasn't meant to be. It's how'd, as simple as that. How did you feel? I felt bad for you. I felt bad for you. I didn't feel any other way other than knowing how you were taking it. Yeah. And in Nike Hospitality, Shelly Ann came in there. And Shelly Ann Frazier said, Justin, oh, no, she said, Bolt did not beat Justin. Justin Gatlin beat Justin. That's what Shelly Ann said. Yeah. And that made me feel better because I saw that you leaned too fast. You did well, not run to the line. You leaned before you got there. And I think that was the anxiety and the excitement. Mm -hmm. He couldn't come out the long stride because he was a long strider and he couldn't come out the long stride to do the lean and edge out both. So. I don't know what the reasons behind it, but I know that I, I just, it was your mistake. I, it was my mistake. You know what I mean? At first, you always want to be like, oh, man, it was technically this or that. It was the fact that it was a mental thing. It was. It was a mental thing. And I had to learn, like, to really own up to it and be like, look, I just raced that day. I didn't compete. I didn't bring the tools necessary to win that race. Because mm. if you look at statistically, whatever I ran that semis, I ran 977 at semis. That semis would have won the finals by far. Right. That semis would have right. won the, the world championships before that. That semis may have won the Olympics the year before that. Right. So for me, it was like I was trying to witness the moment and trying to live in the moment at the same time, and I couldn't can't do, do it. it. You can't do and it. I couldn't do it. Can't and do it, it. But it gutted me. I remember going right. through the gauntlet of all the media and then getting in that car and riding that car back to the hotel, and I just cried like a baby. It hurt so bad. You disappeared. Yeah. You disappeared. You I shut did. down. You disappeared. Did. You didn't have contact with us. You didn't want to go out to eat, to do nothing. You disappeared. You shut down totally. I did. I, I, didn't, I didn't even go on social media for like a month. I just, wow. I was just so, I was embarrassed that I let myself down. I lost that race. That was a foreign embarrassment for me because throughout my whole career, I was clutch. You didn't make those kind of mistakes. I didn't make those kind of mistakes. You didn't make those kind of and mistakes. And it hurt so bad. Yeah. It hurt so bad. I had Ronaldo check on you. Yeah. I felt it you all the way through 16. Even 16, even Olympics, it was not a, it was not a happy Olympic campaign for me. Right. I just felt like I was in like grieving. the twilight zone. I was still you were grieving. grieving. I was still grieving. You were grieving 15. Yeah. I was still grieving 15. Yeah, that, you, you lost your child. I did. You lost. Your I thought child. I lost my moment. Well, I thought I lost my moment yeah. to, to win it. To be right. both, period. Well, I mean. That, we, you thought that was your only time and you knew you were in the shape to do it. And you've just felt like it slipped between your fingers. You would never have that opportunity again. On that stage, yeah. Yep. On that stage. Yep. So Exactly. But. But. A lot happens. We're going to 2017. I was banged up going into that season. Yep. I didn't even know where I was going to be going into that, that world championships when I made the team. Um, 
how did y'all feel being inside a stadium that shows so much negativity towards your child? It made me feel more positive toward my child. Y'all can hate, but it made me feel more positive toward my child. And in my mind, that is the only race, the only race that I ever felt like he got this. He got this. This is his. You know your son, huh? I know my child. Yeah, well, I mean, having come through all adversities we had experienced with you, all the dark moments, the, the positive tests, and the four years out, and people saying all the ugly things and stuff, we, 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 felt, we felt good with you. We were there on the track with you when you got in the blocks. Yeah. That was your championship. Yeah. That was your championship. Out of all the championships that I've won or I've did well in, you would still come down with mom who would be so excited, but you'd be like, good job, rascal. Good job, Alex. You did a great job. Right. But that championship, like, you showed so much emotion. Emotion. We got that picture. Somebody told it's us. Right we need to, it's right yeah, in there. It's in the hallway. Somebody told us we need to blow it up. I mean, that's what I have on my phone under his number, his face. Yeah. 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 But it was it was so negative, but so amazing at the same time. Well, what was so negative about it? And I'm not even talking about the crowd and the booing, what was so negative about it is that the commentators, they didn't even count you in. They didn't even mention your name. I, don't, I never got a chance to hear that because I'm on the track. Right. So I don't hear what the commentators are saying. They didn't right. say anything about Justin Gatlin. Justin Gatlin was a non-factor in lane eight. Which I, said, have, which I shouldn't have been in lane eight. Which is, but hey, <laughs> hey. What's meant for you is yours, and nobody can take it from you. Very true. Okay? But and you were a non-factor. They didn't even call your name. So what, what, was, what was walking around London and commuting through London through the prelim semis finals of that? Like leaving the stadium, coming back. Right. Then. Well, there was, we were in a little that area where you walk that ramp at in London and you go over, you go down those stairs and you go over to the mall and all of that other stuff and all of the booing. And I don't know how they knew us unless the cameras or whatever mentioned our name. I don't know. I doubt it because they didn't mention your name. Well, we was walking around but, with him across our oh, chest. Our shirts. <laughs> our shirts. We had Justin Gatlin shirts on. Yeah. With, with my face. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Your face, American flagging <laughs> behind you, Justin Gatlin. All okay. Right, so so now ahead. they okay. Okay. That that answers a lot. How I do you forgot. know my name? Name tag. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Right. But this lady was pushing a stroller and she walked up to me, to us, and she said, Are you Justin Gatlin's parents? And I said, yes, we are. And I was waiting for some SHI to come out. But it did not. She was so kind. She was so apologetic for the people and the ignorance that they were showing in the stadium 
And she just kept on saying, I wish him well. I wish him well. I wish you guys well. She was just really a nice woman that was pushing her baby. This was after the finals or before? Before. Wow. Okay. That's why it meant so much. Yeah. But you remember after the finals, after we didn't clutch it, we got the win, right? Mm-hmm. Y'all was in the, in, in the, in the stadium. Mm-hmm. How was y'all reaction? Because <laughs> all I can think about is all the negativity that was going on, like, and how when my name popped up, it was such a gasp in the stadium, like, <gasps> yeah. who were y'all? Oh. Well, my thing was, boo now. Go ahead, boo, boo now if you want to. You know, when you clutched it, you know, hey, but everybody, you shut everybody down. Everybody went up patting us on the back. Well, in the, see, in in the prelims and stuff, and I had moved down, you know, how you walk down a little bit to closer to, to the rail to see or whatever. And this woman, she was just screaming and booing and screaming and booing. And she was right in my ear. And I turned around and I said to her, what are you booing for? They're not even running. What are you booing for? I don't like him. I don't like him. He's a double cheat. He's a double cheat. You know, he failed two drug tests. And I said to her, are you reading the headlines, sensational headlines, or do you read the story and the facts. I don't care. I don't care. She just kept going on and on. I felt so bad that I called her out of her name. And I used a word that I never use toward women. And I called her that. And I told her how ignorant and stupid she was. And then I went back to my seat. It bothered me so bad that I went back to her. And I apologized to her for calling her out of her name. I said, I know your mama didn't name you that. I saw I apologize to you. The men that were sitting around her kept telling her to shut up when she was screaming and yelling and booing. So I wasn't the only one. And they came to me, the men, and, 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 and embraced me, hugged me, pat me on my back, and say, it's okay, it's okay, don't worry about it. Well, after the race and after you won, one of those same men came up and gave his business card. He was a doctor and he had two flats in London. He said, if you ever come back to London, he said, here's my card. You call me. You are welcome as my guest to stay in one of my flats. And it made me feel good. But to, see, to be honest, I didn't see you win. I did not see you win. Well, you close, you close your eyes? No. Everybody in front of us jumped up. Everybody in front of us jumped up, and I saw nothing. <laughs> I saw absolutely nothing. And she be watching the live action. I be watching the teletron up there. I can see you. Leading, I couldn't see and I anything. I saw when you leaned, you know, when you came through. You, you know? know how I know you won? Uh, what's his name? USA Track and Field? Max Siegel. Max Siegel was sitting here. I was sitting behind him. Max Siegel turns around and he looks at me and says, that's how I know you won. Yeah. I couldn't see anything. I didn't see anything. Yeah. All I could do is sit down and cry. And I'm not a crier. But I sat down and I cried and I thank God. 
I thank God. And I was all right. That should have been the end of the of a great career. Fairy tale ending. Yeah. We decided to keep going. Right. 20, 2019, we moved the campaign to Doha, Qatar, one of the hottest places ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that point in time, I don't think we realized that that would have been our last world championship. Right. Major world championship. And um, it was, it still was, a, it still was a good, a good championship. You know, we still it went was. out there. We did our it thing. Was. We, we captured silver. We got the gold in the, uh, in the relay. Mm-hmm. But I didn't realize I had COVID. I know. And this, and this is COVID before, before the COVID. world knew, even right. knew what COVID exactly. really was. Right. I really realized it after, after the fact, maybe a couple months later, I had all the symptoms. I literally had a hundred and 101 fever uh, while I was getting ready for the relay. Because I remember saying to you, are you going to race? You know, because you were so sick. And I remember Janice going over to your hotel, which was in walking distance from our hotel, you know, to help take care of you and to bring you soup and do stuff for you, you know, Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And I don't, I don't, I didn't want you to run because I knew how sick you were. And at the same time, I knew you were going to run. That was me. That was you. I you know how I was am. Going to run. Right. <laughs> unless, unless my legs fell off, I was going to run. Yeah. Um, we finished up through 19. COVID hits. Did y'all have any kind of fear of me competing during COVID times? I know we talked about this before. In, in, not, in, not in depth, though. Well, my fear then is no more than my fear now. Right. It's the same. You know, I pray that you make sure you get your shots. And when you need to make sure that you're covered up, you cover up. Yeah. And that was my fear then. And, my, and, and like I said, my fear and my prayer now. Go ahead. Well, my only thing was to make sure you had a lot of masks. You know, and you mask <laughs> where, where you went, you know, on the plane, wherever and stuff. If you had to sleep in the mask. Sleeping it on the plane, you and traveling, you know. I and sent I you a lot of tests. That, and I was concerned about the minister you know, your own tests. You did, you yeah. did, you did. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like in a way, COVID put a damper on the end of my career. It did. You know, it did. Um, I never want to say that COVID ended my career. I'm blaming it on COVID, but it was so challenging, especially during the preparation and training. We couldn't use public tracks. We had to run near retention ponds. We had to run where we could find patches of grass, uneven grass. Like it was just so, there was nothing good about it. You know, we were constantly have to walk away, away from each other. It was points where we had to run in a mask. And you, how you do that? You know what I mean? You, re, you breathe in there recycled carbon, uh, carbon air. You know what I mean? The oxide air. So it was bad. But we got through it. We get to, we skipped 2020. So we get to 2021, which is the Olympic trials. So I'm the vet. We know this is going to be the last ride. You were the oldest athlete there. 
And I really believe that because of COVID, and like you said, you don't want to blame it on COVID, but you were older. You were older. Um, I'm not going to say that you were less hungry, but you may not have been as hungry. Um, it was just your time to bow out. That's how you looked at it? That's how I looked at it. Well, y'all, y'all jumped too far ahead. See, my most memorable moment coming to the end of your career was when we went to Rio de Janeiro. We didn't even talk about Rio. You ran in lane eight. 16. And everybody thought that it was boat and, uh, was it from Tennessee? What's his name? That's not Rio. That was uh, 17. That was London. No, no, no. Yes. When you ran, when you ran, ran in Rio. Lane eight in- Ran in lane eight in uh, 17. Okay. Well, my memory moment was in Rio, you know, going there because I've always dreamed of going to Rio de Janeiro. Okay. I've heard so many tales about it, how all the beaches and, you know, Sugarloaf Mountain and all that, you know. I truly enjoyed that year. But uh, to see you coming to the end of your career when, you know, uh, when you when you pull the hammy and stuff like that, you know, it was hard to 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 take and watch you bow like that, you know, because uh, you know we always wanted you to go out at the top of your career, winning, you know, and stuff. And then after you pull your hamstring, we 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 said, you know, hey, you know, you shouldn't run no more, you know, just go ahead and retire, you know. It's been a beautiful ride. I mean, I travel all over the world, a lot of places I never would have went. And the army wouldn't have took me there, but anyway, uh, I wasn't with you at the army. <laughs> but anyway, you know, uh, being being the 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 other side of the running boards to hold you into your straight path to the top uh, was just a memorable moment to live, you know, and just travel and follow you all around the world and stuff. And I knew it was time for you, you know, because you, I mean, you didn't suffer a lot of real death-defying injuries in your career and stuff, but but it was time for you, you know, because you work your body. You just beat yourself up, you know, uh, six days a week training hard, running them short sprints and, and all that stuff, you know, and going to weight rooms and, and all that. You know, you just, it, it was just hard. It was time for you, to, you know, to quit. I know? was thankful that throughout your career, you never had a major injury where you had to have surgery. And for 20 years, pounding right. your body, that's a lot. That's a lot to say and to be thankful for. So when it was, it was time to say, okay, I'm out of here. I'm done. I was thankful that you're walking away and you're walking away without battle scars, you know, from going under the knife or whatever. Yeah. So I, I, I was thankful for it. I, I mean, I don't personally see anyone out there now that are going to have the achievements that you've had. I, I really don't. Well, I can say one of the keys of my success is not my athletic talent, but my upbringing. So. I appreciate you both for 
raising me the way you have, praising me when necessary, beating my ass when necessary, punishing me when necessary. He didn't beat you. But, oh yeah, he did. <laughs> oh yeah, he did. <laughs> um, uh, enough. <laughs> enough to where the things he beat me for, I would never do them again. Okay. But you had to make him beat me though. Yeah, because you was killing me. <laughs> I didn't have that energy. <laughs> but I want to say thank you so much for taking this journey with me all the way to the end. Through the ups and downs, through everything that we've been through, the highs, the lows, the darks, the lights. We climbed Mount Everest twice, as Rod would say. And um, I appreciate you for loving me through my hard times. And I know I gave you a lot of hard times. <laughs> but now we can look back and celebrate together. Thank you. You're absolutely welcome. You know, and it was our desire to, to bring you into the world and, and to expose you to a lot of different things and to see where you fit in it and what you're going to be good at and stuff. And we let you try everything, swim team, uh, piano lessons, uh, uh, you know, Baseball, football, you know, but uh, track and field was your love. So we, we were behind you 100%. You know? To God be the glory. To God be the glory. And that's another wrap. Ready, set, go. Love y'all. We out. Shh.